Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with theater's biggest names. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and this episode is with none other than Jeanette Bayardell, who is going to be reprising her role as Mrs. Nielsen in Girl from the North Country, Once Broadway Returns. I've said it before, it's not an if, it's a when. We all miss the arts, we all miss theater, we need it back. So, Jeanette is an amazing self-starter, who actually gets inspired being outside of her comfort zone. She loves new challenges. And actually, when Broadway shut down, she had very little to do and taught herself guitar. And in just under four months of teaching herself how to play, she's been asked to perform live. So she's obviously doing a pretty good job. She's got some other credits, like she wrote her own show after Hair closed. She was in the revival production of Hair on Broadway. So after it closed... She wrote her own show because she didn't like being out of work, and now that's been touring around. Well, it was, of course, before quarantine hit. And she's just truly a really fun person to get to know. I, I'd never met her before this interview, and we just talked and talked. And she she is just very much a go-getter and a doer and does not like to, to sit on her laurels. And I can completely relate to that. So... As always, before we get going, please visit me online at theater underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Find me on Facebook at slash official theater podcast. Please leave a rating and a review. I love reading the reviews. Hit those five stars on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And now everybody, please enjoy this episode with Jeanette Bairdell. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here you go. One, two, three. My guest today starred in the revival of Hair on Broadway, The Color Purple on Broadway, as well as the first national tour of The Color Purple, where she received the NAACP Award for Best Leading Actress in a Musical. Her extraordinary performances on stage led her to work on Disney's Princess and the Frog, The Little Mermaid, Three Ariels Beginning, and performing for President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama. She has a new web series called I Take The Zoe and has additional credits that include Rock of Ages 10-year cast, the anniversary cast, national and international tours of Deaf West's Big River, Rent, Disney's Freaky Friday, Mamma Mia, Company, and Sister Act. After a successful off-Broadway run of Girl from the North Country, she transferred with the show on Broadway and is now patiently awaiting approval of the COVID-19 vaccine so that she can reprise her role as Mrs. Nielsen when the industry returns. Jeanette Bayadel, welcome to the Theater Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. And you're, you, uh, the listeners right now can't see, but you're sitting in front of a very lovely poster of a girl from the North Country. Yeah, I got from the public theater. We were at the public theater. This was like mm-hmm. our billboard poster. And when the show was over, I was like, can I have it? And they said, yes. So here it oh, is. So that's it the before. poster. Thank you. Yeah, that's the poster. I yeah, I saw it. I saw it off Broadway. I didn't get to see it on Broadway before everything shut down. But uh, mm-hmm. it, it's different. It's a it's a show, and I I went in and and didn't know what to expect, mm-hmm. and was not previously a f- like I'm not that much of a Bob Dylan fan if I'm if I'm being honest. And I was like, I love these arrangements. Like, they are 
so beautiful. And I wasn't necessarily a Bob Dylan fan before Girl from the North Country. I didn't know a lot of his music because that's not what I grew up listening to. But I remember when I got the script and I got the um, the music and I'm listening. I'm like, wow, this sounds good. And I'm so happy I signed on because this experience has literally changed my life. The creative team, the entire team of Girl from the North Country, we've just, I'm blessed to be part of such a wonderful creative team. And I've been blessed to meet Bob Dylan. I sat with him for 40 minutes in his dressing room at the Beacon Theater. Mm. I've seen the show and he loved it. And he's like, Jeanette, you know, um, True Love, that's the song I sing in the song, in the show. He says, you know, True Love is a good song. I'm like, yeah, that's the song I sing. He's like, I I remember it was last night. (laughs) He was just amazing. And just to be part of um, a show that that displays this icon's music and Connor McPherson, our writer, who's just an amazing playwright and and an amazing person. This experience has been so uplifting, spiritual. It has been everything to me. And I'm happy I'm, I'm, it's, I'm happy, but I'm sad, but I'm happy that I'm going through this COVID situation, this pandemic with this cast and with the creative team and the producers that we have, because they have been so understanding and just so there and available for us that it has been, it's, it's truly a blessing. Well, what are, what are you hearing? Like for those of us not in a Broadway show right now waiting for it to come back, like what are you, are you, are you doing Zoom calls with the cast? Are you doing rehearsals? Like what are you doing to, to keep in touch? We do Zoom meetings. Um, they do cast. Um, we, we, we have our group text that, um, that we're on every day. As a matter of fact, there's a whole new chain going on today. But like we, that's my family. We're going through this together and we are in communication with the producers and everybody. We have meetings and, um, you know, we plan to come back once we open up, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, a lot of people have, there is, let's see, I think Wicked, and sorry, not Wicked, uh, Frozen said they're just not coming back. They've closed. But anything that was going to open or mm-hmm. just open the season, I think, isn't, it hasn't closed yet, right? Like, I'm not wrong about that? Not that I know. Yeah. I yeah. Know. Like, I like more tabs on this show. <laughs> my girl from the north country and as we know now we are coming back so yeah. it's very refreshing and i feel like the story is needed now more than ever you know it's funny because before this people will some people will come to the show and it's 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 around the great depression and you know we don't understand this type of need and this type of survival. But now after this pandemic situation, like you will, this story will really, really resonate with people more because they're like, wow, I understand what it is to survive and, you know, just to make the best out of a bad situation. And so um, there's a new song that we added to the show, Pressing On. I don't know if you saw it on CNN. We debuted the video on CNN. Mm -mm. Yeah, we debuted it on CNN. You can find it on YouTube and Girl from the North Country YouTube channel. But it's a song that I sing at the end of the show. And basically, it's just what we're going through now. No matter how bad the situation gets, we have to press on. Ultimately, we have to press on. So this story really remains true now more than ever. So I I believe that the the audience is really going to be able to receive. They were able to receive it before, but you can really receive it now and go on this journey and understand that, you know, we are humans trying to make it in this world. So Yeah, yeah. There's hopefully going to be a new appreciation for the arts and for theater. I mean, when when Broadway comes back anyway, it's going to be different because, you know, I know producers are talking about how to install new HVAC systems and all this cleaning air supply stuff and like the theaters themselves technologically have to be upgraded. But without a vaccine, you could upgrade as much as you want. Okay. (laughs) We need a, a treatment or a vaccine. That's my opinion. It is nice to have upgrade stuff, but... We want to make sure that the people are safe, that the actors are safe. And, um, you know, that that's how I see it. You know, but I do believe that when we get back, it's going to be, I call it a revival. You know, how you have revival. In Broadway, when you hear revival, you think of a show that was old, that's coming back 
after it's been on Broadway. But the revival that I'm talking about is something that we talk about in church, like a revival, like a renewing, a refreshing. So I believe that when we come back, it's going to be like a revival, not a revival, but a Broadway revival. And people are going to have a greater appreciation for life, a greater appreciation for theater and a greater, much greater appreciation for live theater. You know, we took that for granted. You know, we thought that we could go see live theater forever. You think that the way we live is the way that it's always going to be. But now we understand, no, it was a privilege to go see a theater. It was a privilege to have to have an audience. It was a privilege to have a live performer in front of you. And I feel like with that, that's going to make the revival that much greater. It's going to be like a great big church service. Oh, I, I completely agree. And that, I mean, like the first downbeat of the, of the, the overture of the first show coming back, like standing ovation, I see it. And then at the end of the show, oh God, I, I am just so itching to get back and have this energetic and use the church analogy, like this spiritual sort of connection. Let me tell you this new, well, well, the Broadway version of Girl from the North Country, there were some changes that were made. It was already powerful, but there were some significant changes that was made to the show. And I kid you not, people, the press, um, our PR um, agents were coming back and telling us like people are like saying that they walked out of the theater healed. By the time wow. we were dancing and pressing on, I mean, people are bullhorn and crying and feeling healed like they had a spiritual journey. Now, if you thought you had a spiritual moment then... When we come back, oh, 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 that's the place to be. That's the place to be. Because I remember singing pressing on that last night before we got shut down. Now I was the one in the cast that was prepping my entire cast since like February. I'm like, listen guys, we're gonna shut down. This is serious. I even went to the producer, I went to the the, the director. PR, producer, I was always talking to them like, listen, we got to come up with a plan. Guys, it's, we're going to shut down. And some of them were like, for what? What's going on? Because I was t- keeping tabs on this. And um, I remember I was telling my roommate, my we see a dressing room, a Luba Mason, which I love dearly because she put up with a Luba. I was wiping down dressing rooms all in February and just we were ordering masks before when we were, I had the company management order um, hand sanitizers before they ran out because I was like, we got to get hand sanitizers. So we were doing all kinds of things before this was even a thing. And I remember the last night before we um, went on the lockdown of me singing Pressing On and I just, after I finished singing, because that's the last song of the show, and I just started to, to cry because I felt, I felt like <sighs> we're moving into another season of this journey. Mm-hmm. I went to get my wig taken off and I was like, I told Susan, I'm like, all right, all right, this is it. And they're like, what are you, what are you saying? Because at this point, everybody's like, all right, Jeanette, what should we do? I'm like, make sure you buy this, make sure you buy this. And so they just like, every day they're like, okay, Jeanette, I can handle it. What do you think is going to happen? And that was the last time. And that was it. And, um, and here we are now. The beautiful thing is that I believe that um, we'll come back better and stronger. As people, we're going to become stronger because we've survived this and endured this. And hopefully um, it will make us appreciate life more and family and time and just the privilege of breathing fresh air. Because, you know, we don't have to have fresh air. That could be too. Yeah, it's the privilege. It's the privilege. I mean, God, we're... We could get so political right now. I mean, like we're we're in the middle of a, of a health pandemic and then like the social pandemic uh, with the that George Floyd's murder sparked, like everything is just piling on top of each other. And being a white man, you want to talk about like the privilege to, to exist right now. Like I'm I'm going through all that myself. Right. And, and yeah, so like dealing with privilege in general, I, 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 with everything else going on, like I, I miss the privilege of just being able to go out and a feel safe and B hug my friends. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, hug my friends, go out in general. And, and like, there's so many levels. And I realized that by me as a white man saying, I want to go out and feel safe. I am referring to the health pandemic, right. whereas people of color, their whole lives uh-huh. have been feeling, have been feeling that. And I just now get to experience that. And yeah. that's not fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the good things that COVID has done 
is that it brought awareness, you know, because now everyone is super sensitive about feeling uncomfortable. And change doesn't happen until you're uncomfortable. Because when you're comfortable, you have no reason to change. It's like everything is fine. But when when someone feels uncomfortable, when something is uncomfortable, it, it presents an opportunity for change because you mm-hmm. don't want to feel uncomfortable. So that's what COVID-19 has done. It has caused the world to feel uncomfortable, you know? So. Mm-hmm. No, and it, and it's, it's a good thing. And, and, I mean the 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 fight and the road to recovery to combat to make everyone aware I mean the whole it is the the search for racial equity and like this is not something that will happen overnight it's not something that that we can just be like all right we're just going to make a vaccine for it and all of a sudden we're better right there's no vaccine for racism there's no vaccine <laughs> but the good thing about this time is that and and I hope it needs to be uprooted from the root because it's it, it's so far deep down in the roots that, you know, it's not something you could put a Band-Aid on and say, okay, now we're all living happily ever after and, and, and there's harmony. No, it, this needs to be uprooted. And I feel like the leadership that we have right now is helping to expose what has been going on. And it's right now it's right here in your face. And you can't deny it, you know? So it's a start. Um, I'm happy about that, but it's not the end all. You know what I mean? We still have a long way to go. No, no. And and uh, I mean, like art, he, art heals. Art can help us come together. And, you know, regardless uh, of, of, I was going to say race and age and whatnot, but there, there's a little bit of classism to Broadway because tickets are expensive. So, you know, every, some of the people who need to see the arts and especially Broadway might not ever get to. Mm-hmm. And that makes me sad mm-hmm. as on a completely different level. You know, so we have to, even with all of the, the, all the charitable stuff that Hamilton's been doing, there's still a whole range of kids that will never get to see Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, something, so I hope, I hope like girls sort of follows follow suit because people need to see Girl from the North Country and people need to see these other shows that encourage us to like become one and regardless of what you look like or where you come from, work right. together. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I hear you. So anyway, I, I we, we got we got way off topic. I love it. <laughs> I love it when we get off topic. Um but you've you've Let's see, we've been talking for about 15 minutes now, and I kind of get a piece of an idea about who you are. And I it feel I feel like you come from uh, you know, you mentioned church a couple times, like the revival scene. Like, tell me about little Jeanette. Like, where where are you from? I am from the Bronx originally, born and raised in the Bronx. Um, I live upstate New York now. Um, and I grew up in the church. Uh, I have two older sisters and a younger brother. We grew up singing in the church and we had like a church group. And, um, the church that I grew up in was a non-denominational Christian church. The thing about my church, it was full of, um, Africans and West Indians. So my pastor was from Nigeria and, you know, my parents are from Haiti. So I'm, I'm Haitian American. And so we had a lot, we had Haitians, we had Jamaicans, we had Africans, we had Trinidadians. It was like West Indian and African culture. It wasn't like the typical black American church. So in that sense, it was a little different. Um, but it was there that I developed the, the appetite for music and my appetite for God. And um, from there, I went to high school of performing arts. And that's how I started in, in musical theater, because I didn't really know much about musical theater. It wasn't something that I aspired to do. But when I went to um, the Guardia High School of Performing Arts in Manhattan, the same school, um, mm-hmm. I had a teacher, Mrs. Anchor, and I believe that's Paul Anchor's, the singer Paul Anchor's um, sister-in-law. She was my audition prep teacher. She also taught Whoopi Goldberg, and she would always make it her business to tell us that she, Whoopi Goldberg was her student, which I was like, hey, great. Um, <laughs> Name drop. Right. So, but it, it was in her class that I was opened up to this world of auditioning for theater and musicals. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is a thing. Okay. And so one of our assignments was to get on, go on backstage, because back then that's how you would get auditions, go on backstage and find an audition to go to. And 
I did, and I booked it. It was a it was a, a reading of this musical called Sir Winston with Love, and I booked it. So my first audition out the back, I got. Now that's a dangerous situation because now you mm-hmm. have to get this all the time. And it's so funny because my second audition that I got after I graduated, I got the lead part as well. Very bad, very good, but very bad. Because now that expectation is like, anytime I walk into the room, I need to get hired. But we all know that's not the case. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's how I started in this business. And then, oh, I went to high school. Um, after high school, I went to Hunter College, where I did my bachelor's in health science. You know, my parents, are, my dad's a doctor, my sister's a doctor. Like I come from a family of doctors and lawyers, and my mom was principal, but... Um, so it was like, you get a degree. And so I did my bachelor's in health science. And then after that, my parents were like, okay, listen, you do you. We already, they've always been supportive with my, with my, with my music and acting and stuff. So they were happy that I did get the degree. But after the degree, they was just like, okay, like now do whatever you want to do. Like take me to the point where. You know, you're in elementary school or middle school, and you said you got like kind of the the performance bug in church. But at what point were you like, "Oh, I'm going to go audition for Laguardia"? Because like that's a prep, right? You gotta, you gotta, you can't just go, you can't just go be like, "I'm going to go to Laguardia now." Right. So here it is. I went to John Philip Sousa. It's a junior high school in the Bronx. That was such a, a wonderful junior high school. We had this principal, Dr. Brindle, and he was like Clark from um, Lean on Me. The the principal from Lean on Me. He was like nobody played with him, and we they were we were they were very strict. But it was the, my mom actually went to this junior high school as well. When she first came from Haiti, that's the junior high school she went to. But it was in the city, and it was you know surrounded by projects. So you had all kind of kids there. But what we were taught at that school changed our lives. So my two older sisters, um, one is a doctor, one is a pediatric nurse, one is a pediatrician, and one is a pediatric nurse. We all went to that junior high school. And so in that junior high school, I don't know if you know, are you from New York? No, I've been here 13 and some change okay. now, but so, in New- so I'm, I'm jaded and angry enough to call myself a New Yorker. So in New York City, we have what you call specialized high schools. So there are five special, I think there are five specialized high schools. There's LaGuardia High School of Performing Arts. There's mm-hmm. Tech, there's Bronx High School of Science, there's Stuyvesant, and I don't know what the other one is. Maybe it's four. So my two older sisters, they are very academically smart. <laughs> I am too, but you know, I'm artsy. And so my oldest sister in junior high school, you know, they encouraged her. We all sang in junior high school. We were all in the lead. We all led songs in the choir. So we were known to be in a singing, a singing family. So but my oldest sister, Anastasia, um, when it came time to... Um, to try out for one of the four specialized high schools, let's say four, she went for Bronx High School of Science. So she got into that. My middle sister went for Brooklyn Tech. So she got into that. So going to a specialized high school in my family was like a thing. So when it was my turn, I was like, now what are the four? Bronx High School of Science, Brooklyn Tech, Stuyvesant, and LaGuardia. Now LaGuardia is for the singing and the art. I'm going to go for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I went for that one and I got into that. So we all went to specialized high schools, meaning that in New York City, like the law is to go to your zone high school, the high school that's that wherever you live, whatever your zone to go to go to. So but mm-hmm. there are those four high schools where you can travel anywhere in the borough. As long as it's in New York, you live in New York City, you can go to these schools and like Brooklyn Tech was in Brooklyn. So my sister traveled from Bronx to Brooklyn for school every day. Bronx mm-hmm. High School Science was in the Bronx and LaGuardia was in Manhattan. So those four specialized high schools, if you got into them, they picked the best out of out of everyone from the borough to get into. And if you got into them, then you were permitted to go to those schools. So that's how I got introduced to LaGuardia. And I had a music teacher. She saw my talent. She was like, you need to audition. I'm like, yeah, because I'm not going to Bronx High School Science or Brooklyn Tech or Stuyvesant. So... <laughs> Well, there's something, something you said uh, about girl. You're like, you know, girls actually changed my life. Mm-hmm. And, and which, I mean, I, I don't doubt that it has. Mm-hmm. But it surprised me that you said that because as I was like, you know, putting the bio together, you know, singing for the Obamas and being involved with Princess and the Frog and this Disney stuff. And, you know, I haven't even got to uh, to your to your own musical, uh, Sheeta, yeah. that... 
you know, that you've written and written uh, the mir- the book, the lyrics and the music for and starred in. And then you've traveled to over 50 countries uh-huh. in like Africa, Asia, Europe, North America. Uh-huh. Like I want to get into how and why you've been on Oprah. You've been on live with Regis and Kelly. You've been on all this other stuff, but yet, you know, girl for the North country, you say change your life. Mm-hmm. So I guess your life became a normal occurrence of traveling to countries and performing for super cool people. Well, here's the thing. Those, those opportunities changed my life as well. But girl, of course the color purple changed my life because it kind of put me on a different path on a different um, trajectory, as you would say to to me. I went from, being a, an, a swing to being the lead. And then just from there, just, you know, so that definitely changed my life. But the thing about girl was, I feel like I hadn't been on Broadway since 2010, I believe, which was hair before mm-hmm. girl. Now, mind you, I wrote my own show. So I've been traveling, I've been touring, I've been I wrote, I had produced, I had um, albums that came out. So I've been touring and I've been developing my craft in other ways. But what, what was refreshing to me about Girl is that number one, I always appreciate people who appreciate me and appreciate my talent. So when I got the call from the public theater, and I love the public theater, I did hair with them. So when I got the call from the public theater, not to say we want you to audition, but to say we want you to be a part of this. You see what I'm saying? I'm very, I'm very sensitive to that because I understand that some people value you and some people, not that they don't value you, but they're going to put you through a certain process. So the fact that the public theater called and said, we would like you to be a part of this. I'm like, wow, okay. I always love straight offers. And I always respect them, no matter how big, how small. I'm doing a reading right now. I don't know the the, the writer, like they're new, but they called and they ask. And I appreciate people who call and ask and who appreciate what I can do. So I, I'm not the type that tries to knock down to get in anybody's door, you know, because I feel like if, if you don't have an appreciation for me and I don't have an appreciation for you, then maybe we shouldn't work together. Now, I know there's a process, but... There's something special when somebody calls on you. You know what I mean? Even if you don't have a name or even if that person doesn't have a name, I really just, I really take, I really love that. So anyway, so the public theater asked me about this reading. So I said, okay, Bob did the music. I was like, okay, great. I, I will do it. And so when I walked in the room and we started doing it, I'm just looking at the people in the room and I noticed the writer, Connor McPherson, like he has his guitar out and he's like, playing you know usually the writer is like to the side but he's like involved with the case he's playing the music and he's and i'm like wow okay so when we had a lunch break during our presentation as he was standing alone and i went to talk to him and i was like yeah kind of like this is really good and i just felt like something magical just i don't know something magical just happened and i was just like i, I felt like wow there's something special about this but i can't i can't tell you what it is but there's something so special about this. And I didn't know that they were planning to bring this to Broadway or anything. We didn't know anything. We just knew that, oh, this is a new reading that they're doing. So so to fast forward, um, I think someone told me that when it was time to cast for the public or whatever, they were like, okay, so they're going to be holding auditions. And I think I heard this. I don't know if this is true, but he was like, no, Jeanette is it. You know? And I love stuff like that. Like, I appreciate <laughs> and when you appreciate me, I appreciate you, even though the work is amazing all by itself. But and just from that moment, everything has just been so, so divine up down, down to me being able to meet Bob Dylan. Like Bob Dylan's not interested. He doesn't meet people. You know, <laughs> that we, <laughs> you know who can say that they spent time with Bob Dylan and for me to meet him and have that time with him. And he just be as amazing as he was and just and Connor our director Simon Hill the music um music supervisor and Lucy Hines our choreographer you know the team is from that they're they're from um from the UK Mm -hmm. Connor is from Ireland you know so it's kind of it was it was just refreshing because it was it's a different way of doing things like we would get in a room we at the public when we, when we did the full run, we would get in a room and we would circle up every morning and do stretches. And I kid you not, 
Like I would cry. So many cast members would just cry because this business is so hard and you deal with so many directors who are just like, you know what I'm saying? And so many, it's just like you never really have a chance to connect and feel space feel safe in a space where not as somebody trying to harm us, but like our thoughts and our opinions are valued. And, um, you know, I remember one time, this is so funny. Um, in rehearsals for Broadway, you know, when you, when you're working on your songs and you're trying to make your song the best song it could be. And so I was just like, Oh, I'm going to put this in the song. I can't, Oh no, this was during the public. I was like, oh, I'm going to put this in a song. Mm-mm, wait till the director hears it. And I sing my song and I do like this riff that is just so outrageous that I think is so amazing. And Connor was literally like, okay, great. Oh, Jeanette, could you move over to the side over there? Yeah, and he just kept moving on. And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> they started laughing because they knew. And I was like, wow. And so um, during a lunch break or something or a break, I went to Connor. I said, now, Connor, I gave you my best riff my best and all you said was move to the side he said Jeanette you're amazing to me every day you don't have to prove anything to me you are amazing everything you do to me is amazing and even that right there made me want to cry so that's why I just really appreciate that team for just appreciating us the group and you know and everybody just I don't know just something special and I guess it's it's common for the um the Brits to do the circle up and the everybody doing these things beforehand, but that's not what we're used to. We're used to that, you know what I mean. So to have that was very refreshing, and I feel like it was needed because a lot of us were feel were feeling beat down by the industry, and it, it can mm-hmm. be tiring just trying to impress people and trying to validate yourself and. To say I'm, I can bring value to your production, or to have people that's like we value you, we 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 hire you because we value you, and we want your input and we want your opinion, and so it was just refreshing, and um, it's just been like that ever since. They always like they make jokes like, "Girl, why do you always know the future?" Because I'll say stuff like, "We need to debut this song on CNN, like the pressing on song," and guess how we debuted the song on CNN. I just come up with this stuff. <laughs> they like, girl, well, it happens all the time. At this point, they like, Jeanette, okay, tell us what to do because I literally, I'm just so connected to this piece that it's just, it's, it's, it's scary. I call it, I call it my church. <laughs> we always joke around like me and one of the cast members. I'm like, this is our church. Like, this is our church family. Like, I love those people. I love them. You've got, you've got to. You've got to. Like to be vulnerable and do your best every night. Because there's always somebody in the audience who's never seen a Broadway show before <laughs> and who's never seen that show before and is like is going to walk away with that as their first and maybe only impression. And you've got to be on every single time, eight shows a week. And yeah, if you don't like it, I don't know how you could do it. You got to like what you're doing. Some people do it, you know? Some people do it because they want that check. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, you are, you're a doer, obviously. I mean, this is a good... I'm, I'm segueing over to Sheeta. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're a doer. You do... So you see... You're the first Broadway actress to write book, music, lyrics, and star in your own musical. So mm-hmm. tell me about Sheeta. Sheeta, I developed during hair. 
So here's the thing. Hair was getting ready to close on Broadway. And I was like, wait a minute. Now I'm tired of shows closing and stuff. You know, and I felt like I need, I had a story that I wanted to tell. So I was like, man, I have my, my, my childhood best friend has a really good story. So, I ran it, I, so I'm like, I should write about her. I ran the idea by her. She was like, great. I love it. So we did a little paperwork. And um, I started writing. And then closing night, Andy Sandberg, who was one of the producers of Hair, he was at the bar and I was like, hey, I wrote a musical. I would love for you to, you know, look at it. And he's like, well, okay, well, let's have a meeting next week. So um, long story short, I sang him a couple of tunes at our meeting. And he was like, great. I want to do a, like a little production for, do like a, um, like a workshop for um, some of my colleagues. And I did it. And he signed on. And we've been on this journey for the longest. We did it at the public, not at the public, sorry. We did it at ART. We've done it at um, Ars Nova, and we just got back from London at the end of the year. We did it in London for six weeks, which was so successful. The, they loved Sheeta out there. And um, and Connor, my, my girl from the North Country team, was able to come out and see it because they, they live in London. And they were, oh, the London cast was in rehearsals for Girl from the North Country when I was out there. So I got a chance to go see them and um, the creative team came to see my show and um, we actually filmed Sheeta, which is really good. And it's just oh, cool. It's, it's, it's my it's my baby. It's my baby. I'm happy that I wrote it. I've always been pro um, like writing your own material and being an entrepreneur and, 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 and it's paying off now because I've learned so many skills from doing things myself. Down to doing my own hair, which you, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, at the when you dealing with COVID now, like you have to know how to do your own stuff. You have to be your own engineer, your own musician, your own. Which another thing I did is that I picked up the guitar. Ooh! So I play the guitar. I started playing four months ago, and um, I got pretty good at it. Which is which can be a bad thing because. Because of the way I play now, people think that I'm a professional. And I'm like, listen, no, I just picked up this guitar. But it's really changed my life. And um, it's been the lifeline that I didn't expect during this pandemic. So it's, it's, there's something about playing the guitar that exposes some of my flaws. And um, I'm actually writing about it. But one of the things is that the way my mind is, I have things... Things in my mind, I have a lot on my mind all the time. And mm-hmm. I want to get it out like that. Like, like I want to put everything out. You know what I mean? But the guitar makes me pace myself. So even when I'm playing licks and runs and like, I have to like, stay like this, stay in tempo. You know? Yeah. That's my hardest thing about the guitar is that I get out of tempo because I'm like, <laughs> but no, I have to pace myself. And it helps me pace my life and just pace my thoughts and my breathing and my yeah, it's very therapeutic. It's rhythm. It's it, it's yeah. real the rhythm, the the repeated motion. There's there's so much to be said about the the physics of and the science behind music and mm-hmm. longtime listeners are probably tired of me here. And I like, I find some way in almost every episode to be like, well, that's, that's oxytocin, that's serotonin, that's rhythm, that's science, that's physics. Um, I bring this up all the time. I love it. And, you know, like everything in life is a rhythm mm-hmm. and, you know, like the, the waves of the, the, the ocean, right. The waves hitting the sand over and over and over again. That's your rhythm. That's relaxing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want to get down to like some of the most basic acts like sex. That's a rhythm, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're doing it right, should be a rhythm. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, the act of singing, singing is vibrations. And when you're singing in a group, it's literally the physics of that. You're singing the same note in unison. You, you amplify it. The, the overtones are amplifying each other and you're making bigger vibrations of what's already there. And your heartbeat is a rhythm. Mm-hmm. And so when you're telling me the guitar is calming, it makes total sense because you are literally causing more vibration. You're literally, you're literally making music while you're singing, while you know being physically active and the act of, of strumming, yeah. right? That's, that's your rhythm. You're, you're using rhythm to create vibration while singing. Yeah. So it's this whole well-rounded thing. And, you know, guitar is such an old instrument. I, can, I, I know, I understand why. It's, it's, it makes people feel so good. 
it, it, it really does. And now I get it. I used to peep. I didn't know the fascination with, especially people who have guitars. Like they always own guitars. They take the guitar everywhere. Now I understand. Like my guitar goes every. It's sitting right here next to me. Like it goes everywhere I go. At this point, you know what I mean? Because I just want. Even if I'm watching TV, I'm just plucking. I'm just. You know what I mean? It's it's become my best friend. And um, what do you play? Oh my god, I play everything from like I play Dylan, I play Indiari, I play um, original songs. Um, I just did this concert, um, Stand Up London. I think was it Stand Up London? I forget the name. I forget the name of the the, the concert, but it was um, you know in support of Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this song called "God I'm Tired," and um, I played it on a guitar, and I did a whole video. It's on YouTube. It's called God, I'm Tired. And um, it, it was just great to pick up my instrument now and just write the song because now I'm, I feel like, how did I survive without a guitar? You know, now I have this guitar. I don't need to depend on someone to be like, oh, can you do this music for me? Or I need someone that I can accompany myself. Mm-hmm. So, but um, yeah, I wrote this song, God, I'm Tired. So I play all kinds of things on the guitar. And um, I've, I've actually picked up a few jobs having to play guitar and i'm like oh god (laughs) after playing for four months that's incredible and it's stretching me it's stretching me because you know i'm getting like the song list and i'm like okay let me look at these song lists okay what chords are these oh god i hate playing a b minus seven oh you know (laughs) so i'm just like it's it's but it's it has been one of the best things that have happened to me during this time is this guitar. And what actually motivated me to play is first of all, our group text for Girl from the North Country, we had this thing that was just for us, but we had this thing, you would get nominated to play a Dylan song and you would play a song in your Dylan voice. And you didn't have to play a song, but most of my cast plays guitar. So everybody was getting on the guitar. And so I came up with this video where I was playing the guitar, but you couldn't see my hands. It was a fake guitar. I had a real guitar. It was like my old guitar, which I never really played. I never played at all. It's just something I bought because I wanted to play. And I just, all you could see was this, but you couldn't, you couldn't see me really strumming. And it was fake. And some of the cast, when I sent the video, some of the cast like, oh, Jeanette, you play great. I didn't know you could play that good. And then other cast members were like, she is not playing that guitar. She is lying. And so that was the big joke. And I said, by the time you see me again, I will be able to play this guitar. And that's how it started. And then I started taking lessons. And then here I am now. Like, So thank you, Bob Dylan, for inspiring me to pick up the greatest instrument of all times, the guitar. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, it's one of those things that playing the guitar, I've, I just always wanted to. And I've never made the time. And, and it's my own fault. And I know, like, I don't have, I don't have many regrets in life. And if they do, they're about not learning skills. Mm. Like, I want to learn skills. I wish I'd stuck with an instrument. I wish I had gone further with, like, trying to master something before moving on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, the thing about the guitar or anything that you pick up and what I've noticed, and this is what has gotten me, which, which has led me to success, is to stick with it. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, even with my guitar playing, like when I felt like it plateaued and I didn't want to do anymore, and I'm talking to my teacher, like, I feel like I plateaued. He's like, great. So what you do is you got to push through those moments. So pushing through those moments of feeling like, you know, like even if you're writing a script or, <clears throat> or if you're trying to shop a script or an idea and you feel like nobody wants it, you just keep going, keep pushing, keep working, keep working, keep knocking, keep building. And eventually you get to where you want to go. So that's what I've learned about. That's what, well, I've learned that lesson, but playing a guitar, I see it so much more because believe me, plenty of times I feel like I don't want to play anymore because I can't get a barcode chord or I just feel bored and I'm not introducing myself to new music. And so you have to keep it. it it's, you know, it's, it's an active learning process and you have to be active. Some days you're not going to feel like it, but if you keep going, mm-hmm. you will get better, but you have to push through those hard moments. And I feel like that's a success in life. Don't give up. Keep going. Especially those of us who are very talented in many different things. I'm one of those people that I can cook. I can sing. 
I could pick up an instrument. Like if you showed me how to play a trumpet tomorrow, like I'm going to play a trumpet tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to write a musical. Like I'm going to write the music. I'm going to write the lyrics. I'm going to do, you know what I mean? That's my personality. So especially with my personality, I have to follow through with the things that I set out because if I didn't, then I would just have a whole bunch of projects that are just not complete and I never master anything because I was just like, oh, okay, let me pick up the next thing before I actually get a chance to like master it. And that's what I like about does my that work? Does that work to your, to your disadvantage though too? Because like you, you can't move on to the next thing without completely finishing something else first. Oh, no, so I you like miss, out on, miss out on things? I didn't say I don't move on to the next thing. I'm the queen of multitasking. Because <laughs> <laughs> I will I will play the guitar, braid hair, have this interview with you, have this, have that, write a book. You know what I mean? So I'm a, I'm good at multitasking. I don't necessarily wait to complete it, not to complete. That's just the way my brain works. I, I understand that everybody is not like that. But yeah. for me, I know that I can multitask. So I had a friend... That I was talking to the other day, who is more like the opposite of, of how you and I are. We're both kind of in the same camp because he's like, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I'm gonna want to try that. I want to observe things first. I want to just make sure that everything's gonna be okay, and then I'll go in and do a little bit. Whereas I can tell you're just like, oh, something I've never done. Yeah, don't challenge me to do it because you know I'm my best you at it. I, okay. I'm gonna be better than you if you challenge me to do it. That's 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 pretty much my my the thing I do. <laughs> and I remember it, when I was an understudy uh, before uh, when I used to do uh, like regional production, not regional like regional productions or like production tours. And if I understudy, they would always say, "Don't let Jeanette go on for you because she finna take your part." And guess <laughs> what? Every part I've understudy, I've I've, I've become that part. that has been there's not one role that I understudied that I did not become that they did not give me the part Mm. so that's listen listen I play to win I play to win don't let the food the smile food (laughs) where where did that come from where's that part of you come from do you think um, probably my mom, but my, like my mom has always been like us. She was like a CEO. She's, well, she's retired now, but she was a CEO. You know, she was always running her companies and her business. And, and I just got that from my sisters are like that as well. You know, we're just, we're just go-getters like, oh, this is what we, this is what it is. Oh, we're going to go get it. And yeah. just been how, that's just how I'm made. Yeah. It, it, I think it has a lot of this. I mean, to have, to raise, it's the, you said three sisters you've got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you, so four, four daughters, right. To mm-hmm. raise all of them as strong and as independent mm-hmm. as all of you are. Like mm-hmm. you're, you, sounds like you have some amazingly supportive and involved parents. Yes, very much so. Very much so. They have, without the support of my parents, I couldn't, we, we couldn't have, have been successful because it takes it really takes a village and I had started a foundation I just recently started a foundation called the Biodell Foundation and um, um, one of the things that we stress is to helping people get the team to be successful underprivileged um, kids who don't have the team it takes a team my, my nephew went to Harvard like my, a lot of my family we go to Ivy League schools but they didn't get there on their own it took a team you got to know what, how to prep. You got to know what extra cur- curriculum activities you need to go in. You got to know what AP classes. You, you got to know it takes a team. You don't get there by yourself. And the thing is that people don't have a team. Right, they right. They don't have access to a team. So that's the, um, that's the sad thing, you know? Well, to, actually, I didn't know about your foundation. Tell me, tell me more about what it does. The Biodel Foundation, where well, we just got started. Like, I don't know if you've ever started a foundation in New York City. I have not. <laughs> the paperwork that it takes. <laughs> Not-for-profit status and all that stuff. So that took about two years. No kidding. So we finally got the paperwork done. And we're getting things in place. And here we are. The, and it's a pandemic. You know what I mean? So now you're trying to figure out, you know, okay, how do we help and how do we still fundraise and how do we, so we're very early on, on, um, 
um, starting, we have been able to help a, a few um, 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 black entrepreneur women um, with their ventures. But um, there's so much more we want to do and so much more we will do. But, you know, we're in a situation. But I guess this is the best time to just help meet the need, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so. I, I, I feel like now the, the, the equity... Is it is equity the right term? The divide between the people who are able to afford private schools and continue to learn at the pace they were learning pre-COVID is that's going to the divide between them and people who now can't learn because public schools are shut down. Mm-hmm. Like that's going to get worse real fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I you know I have family members who are who are educators, and I literally was like, listen. I feel like we all need to take the L for 2020. We got to do it. We need a do over. Like everybody get left back. <laughs> everybody like- <laughs> just mulligan, mulligan the whole year. This is just, we're just going to stay home and then continue where we left off. Because like you said, it's it, it, some people are not going to be able to learn in this environment. It's so, I just feel like we need to just take the loss, take the L for 2020 and put us all, all on the same playing field for the next year or whenever it is that we come back. If it's 2022, Jesus help us all. But, you know, right. it's like, it's, it's just, it's just a lot. And I do feel like, you know, where we're going, we have to prepare for this. Like we got to buckle our seatbelts because it's called, it's, we, we was already rocky, but it's going to get rockier by the end of the year. And um, so we just have to, you know, understand. And I'm going to say this, that the hardest thing for people during this time is that people have a hard time accepting change mm-hmm. and they do not want to accept the change. So I remember when I was talking to my cast members and I was telling them what was about to happen, they could not hear me. One cast member who's a really good friend of mine. We're cool now, but he stopped talking to me because he could not wrap his mind around what I was saying, which is understandable. So yeah. when somebody says they're going to shut down Broadway, first of all, everybody, oh, that would never happen. Do you know how much money New York City would lose? But you don't understand what's happening now. Like, we are in a situation. So people will have a hard time accepting change. So you have people who are still trying to operate in an old system. The way we used to do things, that's an old system. We don't have that no more. Will we ever get it back the way we had it? I doubt it. But so the, the key to success in this era is to go with the flow of change. And be innovative and say, okay, you know what? Okay, we were not in the room right now. There is no theater right now. We will be back. But right now, this is a new thing. So we can't keep functioning in that that old way. And when you try to function in that old way with a new system, that's where you get in trouble. So even with educating our kids and that like, okay, for for people who didn't know anything about homeschooling, like this is a whole new ballgame. That was horrible. And you got to do research and figure out, okay, what other tools are, are available t- for learning and what, how can I do this and stuff? Like, we need to get back in a classroom. We, that's, this is a new way. We have something that's killing people out here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you have to like adjust to the new way. Change. Change is not easy for everybody. Everybody likes to do things the same way or they don't have the imagination. I think with me, because of the way that I think, Change is not that difficult for me. I just adjust like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, this is, it was hard for me to go into work knowing that my show was going to shut down before we opened. That was hard, but I had to make that shift in my mind. Like, okay, yes, this is a Broadway show, but we're talking about life and death right now. And us being in New York City, you know, so when it came, it was like I had to shut that emotional part off because for me to move on, I can hold on to what was because mm-hmm. that's exactly what it was. It was, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even realize, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I, I went, I was at actually the, the, the press event for Broadway mm-hmm. and I think it was February, right? Something Ooh. like that. And then, yeah. So you guys, how long were you open before Broadway shut down? A week. Yeah. Yeah. It was like just there. So, so you got there and then it was gone. Yeah. 
Man, yes, you're like, right. It's, like, it's almost like having a cookie. I love chocolate chip cookies. It's like going like this to the chocolate cookie. Like, and right before like, like, ah, somebody snapped. <laughs> and nobody, and I understand, it was, it's, when you think about it, it's so sad. But at the same time, we're here living. Like, we had cast members that had just moved to New York, got new apartments, was furnishing their apartments. And I was telling them, hold up, don't buy furniture yet. Do not buy furniture yet. We are in this situation. And they thought, what do you mean? Do I'm like, don't do it. And then afterwards, they did come back and apologize. But I understand. Think about it. When you're young, you start a new life. Nobody wants to be rained, their parade to be rained on. It's you young, know? young too. Like, you know, furniture. I can afford furniture. Like, I'm buying the best furniture, you know? So it's really, it's tough. And we all, the thing that, that worries me now outside of COVID and the racial injustice issue because both those two in, in our leadership and our government, but the mental health. Oh, absolutely. Mental health because me, I'm very strong. I, I, I consider myself very strong. But when I tell you this thing has broken me down a couple of times because after I, see, I had been shopping and I had been prepared for a while. But after the shutdown, like two days after that, I had finished all my shopping. I had everything I needed and I was home. That's when it hit me. Like, oh my God, like, that's it. We, we have changed. We have entered into a new era. And that was hard. That was a hard pill to swallow. So I had to do things to, um, to help bring my spirits up. I would wake up just feeling dep- like you feel gloom and doom. Like you wake up and you open your eyes, you're like, oh yeah, we're in a pandemic. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, so I had to do all kinds of things. So for me, I'm very visual and it's all about colors and stuff. So like, I noticed that like my bedroom is orange already, which is bright, <laughs> but I had some different colors going with this. I had to like change my bedding and change up my, my window dressings and, and just do little things. And like I told you, um, I took my entire dressing room. I packed up my entire dressing room. And so what I did, what I did create in my house is like a, like a girl from North country nook. Yeah. So now I'm in like that nook. And so this is my, my dressing station. This computer sitting on my dressing station. So this is the exact setup of my dressing room. So this, these are the things that bring me joy and make me happy. So I've had to find those little things that, that, that help lift my spirit because I understood that where we go, where we are and where we're headed to, you're going to need to be lifted and you have to know yourself and know what are the things that are triggers for happiness and triggers for like a depression to bring you down into that rabbit hole of gloom and doom. Mm-hmm. So it was very important for me to find those things like hanging up this poster. This is like a reminder. It's not me being vain, but this right here is a reminder of, of the blessing that I had. The blessing that this show was to me. Everything can yeah. leave. Exactly. So I have a bunch of reminders up and guess what? I like chocolate chip cookies and I like bacon chocolate chip cookies. Every day I bake cookies. Now I don't bake a whole tray, but I may put like three little cookies in the, in the little toaster oven. <laughs> <laughs> that make me happy. I need my cookies. Okay. <laughs> so right. and, and making sure your conversations are elevated and but not being afraid of the information coming down the line. So if you know information is happening, you see where our country is headed. It's not to be afraid, but to be prepared. You know, mm-hmm. it's about preparation. It's about, um, you know, staying, surrounding yourself with people who have solutions, you know, because there are solutions to every problem out there. You want to be hooked up with people who are hooked up into the realm of solutions. How do you make money during this time? You can make money during this time. It's not over. Just because you were singing, you used to performing on the, on the stage and going for auditions, now come higher. Now there's something else that you need to do. And I learned that from when hair closed on Broadway. I was like, oh no, I got to write my own show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. there is a way. There is a solution. There's always, there's always that next step. What is, well, where's this from? Just what do you do? You just do the next right thing. Oh, it's frozen, right? Isn't okay. that what it, isn't that what Anna says? She's like, I just get, just do the next right thing. Okay. I don't, I think know, that, I don't know the, those. I don't know. No, I think it's I think it's from the movie Frozen Two, where the oh the I'm, I, I'm having such a brain fart right now. But there's one like well known something or other that's like, what do I do right now? You just do the next right thing. That's all you do. 
Just keep on like live. There's a way. It's not over. We are, first of all, we are a country of people who are very innovative. We're a world of innovate. Like there's so much innovation going on. It's not over. You just may not be able to see it, but it's there. And hook up and tap, be active and tapping into people who have solutions, ideas, and 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 you will be okay. You okay? And 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 that's my theory. It's like just there, there's a solution, there's a way. You can still make money, you can still be successful. Mm-hmm. There is a way. It is not over. This is not the end. And when it's the end, it's the end. Everybody comes to an end at some point. <laughs> but right now, if you're living, you're breathing, it's not the end. This is not your end. Mm-hmm. So let's go. Let's find solutions, find ways, be innovative. And it's actually, it's kind of like, okay, well, what next now? Because you know. We had it all figured out before. I thought I had my whole 2020 planned out. Clearly, I didn't. Nope. Nobody <laughs> did. Clearly. Nobody did. Well, we are coming up on time here. I have loved this chat. And there are three standard closing questions I ask everybody to wrap up every episode. So the first one, very simply, is what motivates you? What motivates me? Purpose. Hmm. Purpose motivates me. I, I agree with that. On this earth, because it's through purpose that people become healed. It, it, it's, 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 it's what is my contribution to this world and how do I make it a better place? So it would be purpose. I love that. Okay, second question then. And I think you sort of answered this already, but I'll see if you say the same thing. What advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? Stay true to yourself. Never, ever let no stop you. And if you believe it, don't worry about what people around you say. Because if you thought of it, it can happen. Mm, All right. Vacuum tube to the moon. Here we go. All right. (laughs) And then the final question, hardest one. If you can only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? A musical? Anything. Any show. That's a really, really hard question. Any show that I can see for the rest of my life? I'm not sure. I, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know. I, I, I have, you have to take care with that question. Because mm-hmm. you know, this is something that you would have to, something that would have to motivate me because I would be watching it repeatedly, not bore me because you could, just to get bored from watching it over and over and over again. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Fair enough. I don't All know. right. So where can we find you on the social medias? J Byardell. That's J B A Y A R D E L L E. That's on Instagram, on Twitter, J Byardell. Um, on Facebook, Jeanette Byardell. My website, JeanetteByardell.com, J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E-B-A-Y-A-R-D-E-L-L-E. Um, yes. Um, and yeah. North Country on Broadway.com. Yes, North Country on Broadway.com. Um, Sheet of the Musical.com. Uh, you can go to Broadway Shorts, which is a series that I developed. That's on Instagram. I take the Zoe on Instagram. Uh, what else have I created? <laughs> <laughs> you sent me the list. We'll put it all we'll put it all in the show notes there. And my YouTube channel, Jeanette Byardell, because I'm playing my new guitar songs. Ooh. Trying to add those on there, and you know, follow me on Instagram and like get into the music. Oh, you should get connected with the uh, with the Broadway buskers. You can start playing. You know what? They asked me to do something. Yeah. And so I, here's my thing. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But they did ask me. See, because it's not live, because it's not, because we're not there, I'm really particular about my sound. And I don't mm-hmm. know how my concerts go with how it's being per- perceived on the other end. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm a little hesitant. But they did ask me, and I can't wait to be able to do it live, though. Like, I, wanna, like, I don't want to do it on a computer. <laughs> that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, you need your audio quality top notch. Yeah, I gotta you. make sure that quality is together because, you know, I'm new at the guitar now. <laughs> but I love them and I thank them for, um, for, for, for considering me to. Wonderful. Work. 
Well, you can get more of me at thetheaterpodcast.com. Get more of me at the Broadway Podcast Network at bpn.fm slash ttp. Please leave a rating and a review wherever you are listening now. I am on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast. This is edited by Matthew Hendershot. And thank you to Jukebox the Ghost for the intro and outro music. And Jeanette, thank you most of all. This has been so fun. It's been fun. Thanks for having me, guys. When we come back, Girl from the North Country, that's the place to be. You want some spiritual healing after all this foolishness we've been through? Come on and get your ticket. (laughs) Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.